This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Welcome to another edition of Defending the Kingdom. As we close in on training camp, another week closer. We know training camp is going to be at the Chiefs facility here and coming up in just days. Now we're good. We're really zeroing in on this. But the last several weeks, uh, we have worked on the camp battles of different defensive positions. I'm Mitch Holtis with you, the voice of the Chiefs on the man we call the shop, barbershop, the Spider-Man, University of Richmond, 10-year NFL veteran, Sean Barber. Last week, we were in the wheelhouse with linebackers. Uh, a lot of people love that show, but now we're going to jump into the defensive line. And this defensive line last year just took over. They took over Super Bowl 54. Uh, they took over those playoff rallies. But this defensive line, in many ways, can be talked about with some of the elite groups in the league. Man, when you talk about what, what does a linebacker love, you love your guys in the trenches. The guys in the trenches can make your job as easy or as hard as you can imagine. If they can keep those double teams, keep your angles nice and sharp, allow you to get in in your fits and, and attack downhill, man, your job becomes easy. But if those double teams are are, are giving up and 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 you you're, you're fighting off two three yards down the field, you're getting blocked before you can even diagnose the plays. Um, it started to seem like that offensive line is instead of being five individuals, it's 10 individuals because your D line ends up becoming a obtrusion and, and becoming an obstruction to you actually doing your job. So the one thing that this D line did is they started to attack. They started to attack vertically up the field every down, no matter it was run or pass. They became so, so consistent and persistent at doing that on a down to down basis. I believe our linebackers started to feed off of their energy. And if they can bring that energy to training camp into the 2020 season, man, Katie Barta Gates, this defense is going to be a top five defense. The last several weeks, we talked two weeks ago about Javarius Ward jumping up camp battles. Uh, we redefine them here on Defending the Kingdom. Yeah, there's the battle of trying to get a roster spot and A's working against B, C, D, and E. But it's also the camp battle of improving their game, taking it to another level. Chavarius Ward was uh, exhibit A of our cornerback show. Last week, we talked about Damian Wilson jumping to another level. There are two guys I'm going to bring up to start this episode. You go, I'm sure you're going to talk about Frank Clark and Chris Jones. We'll get to them. Mike Pinnell and Derek Noddy. Those two guys, to me, shop, changed the fortunes of the Kansas City Chiefs. This defense was second in the league, only to the Ravens in the last eight games of the year in points allowed, and only gave up 10 points a game in the last five regular season games. They had to have key stops in all three playoff games to have those miraculous comebacks. Those don't happen without defensive stops. And on many occasions, it was Pinnell or Noddy to make those stops in the interior of the defensive line. Let's start with Pinnell. Wasn't signed until October the 19th. Spags is still kicking himself for making him inactive for the Tennessee loss on November the 10th. But he makes a big play on the first drive of Super Bowl 54. On a third down and five, he gets a stop that holds San Francisco to a field goal in the Tennessee game. Tennessee's up 21-17. He makes a third and one stop uh, that leads to a holding call that changes that game. Um, or after the Chiefs have gone up 21-17. to Let's take Pinnell in and of himself. Because the Chiefs, when they signed him, they're like, well, who, oh, yeah, he's kind of a Packer guy, and the, the Patriots cut him. 
But that dude helped change this team. Man, we talk about Mike Purnell. He goes by the moniker MVP for a reason. Uh, he takes a sec. He doesn't take a secondary seat to our Pat Mahomes in that category because on his team, on this defense, he is the MVP. He's a guy that every down, uh, whether it's the rundown or getting pressure to pass, um, he's 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 always been a rising and a rising in a big way to the occasion. Um, he he comes, he brings a whole lot of energy, excitement. If you if you ever seen him during training camp, seen him during practice, you get the same character on Monday through Friday that you get on Sunday when it's game time. And that kind of consistent effort and attitude when you're talking about being double teamed by 300 and 300, that's 600 pounds of men trying to get you to uh, back down and get off the line. And he holds that point of attack like no other. Uh, Mike, Mike Purnell has been somebody from the day he got here. He took it upon his shoulder to say this defense will stop the run. And that's been something that's been haunting us for seasons. Ever since the Patriot game in overtime, when we they, they drove down the field, handed it off right up the gut, and we gave up that, that, that score to begin that overtime, and we never had a chance. Since that day, this defense has made it a goal not to be porous against the run. And Mike Purnell has a lot, and, and Derek Nottie, but Mike Purnell has a lot to do with that. Let's jump into Nottie because he, to me, is kind of an exhibit A of what we talked about, Chavarius Ward, two weeks ago and last week, and Damian Wilson. And then the camp battle of making himself now into, even into a better pro. I've got such high hopes for Derek Nottie. Now, his run defense grade during the regular season of Pro Football Focus, respectable at 71.9. Three solo tackles in Super Bowl 54, including a tackle for a loss, and that was in 31 snaps. And he had the first tackle in the second big defensive stop. Chiefs are still trailing, and then they get the stop there and those that rapid like 49-second possession by the 49ers. But to me, Derek Nottie made play after play after play. When we were going through our watch party Wednesdays, it's like, there he is, showing up. To me, Derek Nottie has a chance to go up a notch and a half in his career as a dominant, run-stuffing, disruptive force in the middle of that defensive line. Man, you talk about a guy who was great. Um, um, he was brought out of college as a just a strong guy, right? We just knew he was a he was a giant muscle of a man. You could put him at a zero or one technique. He wouldn't be moved. Had a great anchor, but w we didn't know how that would transfer to the NFL. You know, it happened at Florida State. Great guy, great college career. But can you really do that at the NFL level when when the when the offensive guys are so much better than what you see in college? He not only met my expectations, but he surpassed them. Um, the, the way he uses his hands to disengage, dislodge offensive guys, throw the offensive guys down, and then go make a tackle is at an all-pro level. That's, that's one of the guys on our defense who I think got overshadowed when it came to all-pro, all-NFL, um, all those accolades at the end of the season. Derek Nottie is the tip of the spear. And when you talk about our, our defense – uh, um, just piercing other teams' offensive running game. Derek Nardi is where it begins and ends, and he does it at a high level. To me, also leverage. He is He's really learning how to use his body and to gain leverage against those offensive linemen. You mentioned his hands and his footwork, but I and then all that works together. I understand it. Uh, but Brandon Daly's done an awesome job with him. But, man, he has got a, the ability to use the leverage. I mean, the prototype in this league is right Aaron Donald. I've never seen a guy use the leverage so well. But uh, And I'm not saying Derek Nott is Aaron Donald. But I'm just saying uh, when I watch him many times, he has the ability to engage, use the leverage, get the strength, and command that play. Now, 
we might as well throw in Chris Jones here to skip, but that's the obvious one, but I don't want to skip him. Right. Uh, because in the playoffs, he, he was injured, so he missed the Houston game. But but in those comebacks in the Super Bowl, to me, he's such a superb athlete in his wingspan. To me, his wingspan is his greatest attribute because he's just – he's like you're like playing two guys. And to me, he's the recreation of the late Buck Buchanan into this day and age of pro football. Yeah, if you took J.J. Watt, the way he bats balls down, and combined it with Jared Allen, the way he gets to the quarterback, that's what you combine to get Chris Jones. You take the best of two elite all-pro athletes and take their best qualities and combine them, and you get what we get at 25 years old, young, aggressive, energetic, always asking for the crowd to give him more. And he gives you back so much more once you give it to him. Um, That's a guy who's just on the brink of really knowing how great he is, you know, 12 weeks in a row with a sack, whatever that record is, I think he still saw there was a lot more meat on the bone. He knows he can be even a better player, and that's why he's so, so, so excited about his own abilities because he knows that he still hasn't played his best football, and that's in front of him. So, man, we we love guys that – um, veteran guys, seasoned guys that, that played a lot of football and played at a high level. But when you got a young guy upcoming whose arrow is still pointing up, and when I say pointing up, it's pointing way up, um, and he's trending way up in a lot of people's uh, uh, metrics. Um, Chris Jones is definitely a part of when you talk about this defense against the pass and the run, um, being respectable, being a top top five defense on both sides of the ball. When it, when you're talking about running game and passing game. And in, 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 um, having some 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 making some, making some some noise when it comes to getting after the quarterback, uh, this guy does it uh, with the best of them. And I think Chris Jones, as everybody has known, um, and he deserves every 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 ounce of respect he's getting across the league from all the other teams. But I think he is somebody personally um, that that's de- definitely is is pushing for more from himself. And I love to see that on the field. I also saw the comp- com- complimentary part of the game inside. Like Derek Nottie compliments Chris Jones. Definitely. He can take care of some stuff so Chris can do his thing. But Chris does things, so Derek or Mike Pinnell there. So those when they're playing inside-inside, there is a complimentary version to their game. I don't want to leave Colin Saunders out, but for the sake of time, we got 15 dudes here to cover in this, <laughs> this deal. Uh, Colin, I ain't leaving you out. I saw you, buddy. I see you. I continue to see you. I'm excited for your camp. And then also the inside techs. Braxton Hoyt's in this group and Deborah Lawrence uh, as well. But now let's jump to the outside guys, the defensive line. We know about Frank, the Clark Shark, the Shark Clark, Clark Shark. Like I said on the play-by-play, I got so excited. But before I get to him and other guys that I'm excited about, including picking up Taco Charlton, is Tano Passanio. Yes, last week, if people, I would, if you didn't get to our episode last week on defending the kingdom. Uh, pause this, jump back, and, and look at it after this show. Go back and look. Because you said something I thought was was very, very profound. When a coach sees something in a player and understands they see something that maybe nobody else has ever seen before, and they jump into that player. I've seen this happen time and time again in my 27 years in this league. That player then becomes almost a new person and a new player. To me... Uh, Two weeks ago, Javarius Ward and that Damian Wilson. And you mentioned about Damian in that category. Here is Tano Passanio. To me, maybe the most poignant example of that very fact. Two years ago, there was a thought that some of the defensive staff wanted to trade him. 
Like, and maybe it's the three, four to four, three switch. But I was watching Tano and going, man, this guy's got some skill. He has wingspan similar to Chris Jones. He's got athletic ability. But when Spags came in, they and they, and Brandon Daly saw something in him and jumped into this kid. Now, let's get into some of these stats. Two sacks against Tennessee in the playoffs. Yes. Three quarterback hits in the playoffs. During the season, 11 quarterback hits, 165 snaps in those three playoff games. Tano Passanio, camp battle. He's gone from here to here to here. These guys believe in him. Now where does he go? Man, he, he is one of the guys who needs to forget his history. Forget the fact that he came from one uh, AA Villanova. Forget the fact that um, they say when he came out of the draft, he was laid off the ball. Forget that he, they say he, pl- he doesn't play with the right amount of leverage. And work on the things and develop the things that he does have. He is a mountain of a man, right? He looks he looks like Adonis when he comes out of the locker room. He has a, a eight-foot person's wingspan. He can bat balls down. He can extend and get people off of his frame, so he's almost unblockable. He can turn and sliver and get get um um, um get thin like the freak used to do uh, for Tennessee and the, for the Eagles. Um, so he has so many abilities. It just took somebody at this level to acknowledge all the great assets and skills and abilities this guy has, instead of harping on the negatives, harping on the fact that his first year he was a little beat up. Um, um, he didn't go against the the, the, the best uh, competition in college. So we, we wondered if he could hold up against the best in the pro- oh, Forget about all that. Forget your pass, uh, pass and OT pass. I call him the Range Rover from Nova. Uh, forget, for, forget your pass. You are now a part of, of the future and the current um, NFL Chiefs D-line that is playing at, a, at one of the highest levels of any D-line in, in the history of football. Continue to be a monster and a beast. Get after that ball carrier. Get after. I've seen him strip the ball out, create fumbles. He's amazing uh, closing technique. He has so much speed from that, that body and that range and those long legs. He takes two steps and he's already around the corner. This guy has so much to offer the league, and it was so much so many naysayers because of just where he went to school and that negative cloud kind of just circle, circle navigated and stayed above his head his entire rookie year, almost to the point where he got traded. Luckily for him and luckily for us as the Chiefs kingdom, when Coach Spags got here, he ignored all of those naysayers. He looked at him and gave him an honest evaluation and understood where this guy could positively affect a Steve Spagnuolo's-led defense, and he found so many opportunities for that guy to hit, get on the field. And Passano replied and responded with making play after play after play. And now we got the T-pass that we see um, currently who's about to go to training camp and fight like you-know-what uh, for, for a starting position. Here's, I'm going to steal this from the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, and give you one of these because – Spags also saw the ability that he could play outside and inside. I think it was one of the more underrated ports of the season because when Spags would go to a specialty uh, defense, a sub package, if you will, he would play T pass and and uh, same as Chris Jones. And now it's like taking two helicopters and turning them horizontally, and you're going to try to throw through those helicopter blades. Almost impossible between those two guys. And so his versatility comes into play here. Now, we're going to lump some of these guys together, but I can't lump Frank Clark in with anybody. He became the most dominant outside player in this league once he got healthy from about Mexico City on. 
He and it wasn't just the sacks. I was looking up. He had the best ratio in stuffs. Stuff in a play, minus 21 yards. Mm. That was the best in the NFL for stuffs and the ratio to yards lost. That also was like a sack, but it's a run play. And then what he did with five sacks in the postseason last year, seven quarterback hits, he became unblockable. And when we were going through Watch Party Wednesdays week after week after week, the shark went off to another level. I, if he's healthy and raring to go, this dude's almost unstoppable. Man, the one thing we all hope is that he enters the season the way he finished last season. And that's hungry, that's uh, uh, healthy, because we, 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 he has so much pride in his abilities and himself, he wouldn't allow himself to sit on the sideline and get healthy for the first half of the season. Any other player would have said, listen, man, my, my shoulder, whatever's going on with my neck, I'm, I'm not I'm not 100%. Let me take a few weeks to just get healthy so I can give you my best. He, The competitor in him would not allow him to do that. So he gave us his best. He gave us everything he could. The, uh, but, but, but when he got healthy, right, we saw him, we saw the switch. Once he got healthy, it was a whole new beast out there. It was a whole, he started to talk to jump. He walked to talk, walked to walk, talked to talk. Every word that came out of his mouth was in, intimidating the other team, asking for their best player, wanted their best. Um, he didn't back down from one, from one opponent. It didn't matter after um, um, Henry ran for 200 and some yards the week before coming here to Arrowhead Stadium. He wanted King Henry. He wanted, he wanted to face King Henry. He wanted the best running back at that time to see if they could run over our defense. And he made it known that he wasn't going to let it, he wasn't going to let that ride. And then he was also the closer game after game after game when we needed that, that, that last pressure to get the ball back when teams would go for it on fourth down. Frank DeClark, his passion, his engine, he just kept coming, kept coming. And sooner or later, the, the, the shark got fed. If you spend, there's a lot of reasons to pray for thanks. Uh, pray for thanks. We have Patrick Mahomes. Thank the Lord that we got Frank Clark and he's not on the team we have to play uh, because that guy is uh, amazing. He was devastating last year at times uh, to the opponent. Now, I'm going to lump in these guys because we're run out of time, but there's a bunch of guys here on the outside. We know about Alex Okafor. Was impactful in the 10 games he played. Then he got hurt. Here comes Taco Charlton. I love what I'm seeing there. If he can live up to that first-round pick status from Dallas, there were glimpses and flashes in Miami and Dallas with him. Uh, Mike Dana, we talked the rookie. Tershawn Wharton, Tim Ward. Breland Speaks. Yes, sir. Crockpot guy. We talked about him way back in the spring. People for, oh, yeah, man, Breland speaks. Uh, what do we have there? Damone Harris, to me, is a guy mm-hmm. uh, when in, in reviewing video of like, well, whoa, there might be something to this guy. So the opposite Frank Clark position in the base, basically, because Spags moves these guys around. This is a camp battle like we think of camp battles. So we defending the kingdom, two definitions. Camp battle. Am I getting better? Do I do, jump up to another level? The other one is fighting for a spot. Now you got all these guys fighting for kind of an outside spot opposite of Frank Clark. Let's put them all together. And if you want to jump in with Charlton, I saw you nod nod your head, or with Alex Okafor, that and Speaks. What are we seeing in these guys? I I think what I'm seeing in those guys is when you understand there's a limit on how many guys can actually make the roster, that should make you bring out your best. And when you talk about right now conditioning, getting getting yourself – there is no room to hit the ground – um, um, and just ease into our training camp. 
We have a championship level defense. And the only way you take a championship defense and get even better is everybody got to come day one with a purpose, a purpose, a passion. And, 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 and that's an understanding that you have to come ready day one to play. There isn't that same um, feeling when it was going into the 2019 season where it was like, the, the defense was ranked 20 something. If we can get to middle of the pack, that gives our offensive chance. No, that, 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 those were the old days. This defense led by the honey badger, led by Frank Clark, uh, led by the Hitman, and now Willie Gay. These guys, they're going to have an intentionality about their, 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 their playing each day of practice. The level of constant, uh, the level of leadership and understanding how you got to hunt and you got to be passionate about every day on the practice field. You got to practice so hard that the games become easy. That type of mentality comes with hard work, perseverance, running to the ball over and over and over again. So the the coming into to camp out of shape, the coming with your body not really in a in a pro fashion, you know, the muscle fibers and stuff, it, it's no place for that in the kingdom anymore. And that's the one thing I think is going to force all of these guys to come give it their best opportunity, give it their best ability, but that entire room when you can talk about the D-line is head and shoulders above what we saw here two years ago and I can take my hats off to Coach Daly take my hats off to Coach Spagnolia, um and, and, the, and the, all the scouts and everybody who got this kind of personnel um, that you have to make those tough coaching decisions about who to keep I was fist pumping you because you were on it I'm saying preach it brother but here's what I'm <laughs> here's what I was hearing in that as we close out now hunger oh yeah for this team to run it back, the best hunters are those that are hungry. I do not worry about the hunger of a Derek Nadi. I don't worry about the hunger of a Mike Pinnell or a Tano Passigno or a Frank Clark. I've seen it. They are going to come in as hungry as they ended going or into that Super Bowl championship. I don't. I don't. I don't have any. I don't lose any sleep over that. Colin Saunders. This is a hungry group that can become one of the best in the league. And to me, that gets me excited. Yeah, the experience, having a, the, like we talk about being a seasoned vet, that's understanding that, hey, the, the calls, everything's going to get tweaked a little bit just to make it new and fresh so people don't know what you're doing. But the way you go hunt, the way you go about your business, you already know what Coach Spags expects. You know what your position coach expects. You know the level of expectation of this team. Nothing has changed. The main thing is still the main thing, running it back to back, going back to back, Super Bowl run, here we go again. But this time, instead of one location, now it's in Tampa Bay. So the target has changed, but the event, the location, the destination is still the same. So I'm so excited for these guys to get back together and start working out together and start feeding off each other's energy and emotion and passion and purpose and all those things that, that make the championship uh, – uh, um, just the champion in each and all of us arise to that occasion – um, man, I can't wait to just I can't wait to get to get together again with the fans and hear our fans start cheering and roaring in Arrowhead Stadium and cheering and roaring for this defense to get after a quarterback to stop a run to make that one big play to change the momentum to get the ball back for Pat Mahomes so he can be the comeback kid or, or close the uh, close the game with a victory. All those things are are bowling through my mind. I can't wait for training camp to start. That's the beginning of it all. I don't want to sound arrogant here, but I've said this publicly even across the country. This Chiefs team could be better than last year. And the reason is the discussions of the last couple of weeks, especially this defensive line group. Next week, we're getting even closer, really close to camp. 
will jump into the safety position, which you can argue now, if they're not the best group in the league, they're in the discussion with the top three. But this defensive line really excites me. He is the shop. He is the barber. He is the barber shop. He is the spider. Sean Barber, 10-year NFL veteran. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs with a hungry defensive line. We will run it. We will run it back. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs Official Podcast Network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins in our 